Or maybe you are a new business owner looking to implement new marketing strategies for your business. Or just looking for personal development tips to advance in your career. I am Vanessa Parra, your host, hospitality and travel marketer, and now your marketing bestie. I will be spilling the tea on everything I know on how to land that marketing job. I will share behind the scenes of being a Latina in marketing and shedding light on barriers and struggles people of color face, especially when you're the only one in a corporate setting. I will also touch on manifestation tips that have helped me attract my dream career slash life. But most importantly, I will be spotlighting other influential Latinos and people of color marketers from our community. So grab your cafecito or drink of choice and let's listen in. Welcome to Influence with Cultura podcast. Welcome to another episode of Influence with Cultura. I am your host, Vanessa Parra. I apologize in advance if the audio comes out sounding a little weird. I don't know what's wrong with my internet connection. It's been acting weird all weekend, but I'm hoping that this error (laughs) will get fixed soon. But anyhow, today I'm going to talk about the difference between a social media manager versus a content creator and what's better. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because as time passes, we see that the content creator role or persona is becoming very popular on not just in the influencer space or just everyday people creating content, but when you're applying for different marketing jobs and social media marketing jobs, I don't know if you've noticed, but I have, that there's actually a lot of content creator roles being formed in different businesses. So I've seen a lot of people asking, what's the difference? What's better? And that's why today I want to go over the different roles between a social media manager and a content creator and give you my opinion on what to expect or how this role social media manager will be transformed let's start off with the social media manager so if i do a simple google search it'll pretty much say that a social media manager is a professional who provides the voice for a company across social channels they are responsible for responding to comments creating content and managing content calendars The social media manager looks for opportunities to increase brand exposure for their assigned company. When I read the portion of creating content, I personally would put an asterisk towards that because depending on the business that you're working for, um, if you're working for a large corporation, you might not be creating content because you work or you're part of a marketing slash social media marketing team. So that you'll probably have different people in different roles working on different aspects of the whole social media strategy. So you might not be the person creating the actual content. You might just be the person sourcing the content from different people within the marketing department. So for example, you might be getting graphics for promotions or carousels from your graphic designer. 
Um, maybe there's an actual in-house person who creates video. So they'll probably provide you with videos for you to publish on social media channels. Um, they might give you, the marketing team might give you like a blog post to repurpose as snippets in your social media strategy. So it just really depends on the business that you're working for. But if you work for smaller companies or privately owned companies, you probably will be wearing many hats and creating content probably will be part of your job description. And even then, me personally, I've had positions where my official title has been marketing manager, but yet a huge component does involve social media. So on top of my marketing duties and tasks, I'm also a social media manager and I have other tasks that I need to work on. So again, where it says creating content, I put an asterisk because it really depends on the industry you're in, the type of company, and there isn't a one size fits all. It just, it really depends. Or I wanted to share with you some examples in my own career of different tasks within my social media slash marketing role and the things I did in marketing or social media. So you can get an idea how, depending on the business or industry, you might be managing different tasks within the social media role. So I worked at one point at a hotel um, in Monterey, California. And I worked for a California state park, but my employer was not the state park. My employer was a Fortune 500 company that pretty much they were the concessioner. They were contracted to manage that park because it is a hotel slash conference grounds. So they brought on that company, my employer at that time, to manage the whole resort and manage it in ways of food, um, booking rooms, managing events, hosting weddings, different things like that. So because it's such a large company, we had, and that company has different divisions, my area or the company I worked for fell under the parks and leisure division. So they managed many state parks, not only in California, but in other uh, states in the United States. So we had a corporate marketing team that pretty much would set, you know, the campaigns, would set the expectations, but then every individual um, state park would have a unit marketer, which was me for this specific account. And I worked closely with the state park um, department and I was like the middle person where I reported directly to the sales and marketing director for that company. And again, I worked closely with the state parks to fulfill their needs. But then on top of that, I worked really closely with the corporate marketing team that was not on site. They were based out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And as you can see, I wore many hats but in order to meet expectations or meet corporate expectations within marketing, I 
I didn't necessarily report to them, but I did have to meet their standards. So that's one example of how my official title at that time was marketing manager, but I also had to manage the social media side. And pretty much corporate would provide us with a content calendar of all the different promotions and things that we needed to talk about on a monthly basis. And on my end, when it comes to social media, I was the one uh, scheduling all the social media posts. And to do so, I would either use uh, professional photos that we had on hand, or I would take my own photos. We did some lives. I created some videos and I also used a third party um, software, which I've talked about it before called CrowdRiff to source user generated content to share additional photos that were taken by our guests. So that's one example of things that I had to do within my role as a marketing slash social media manager. I also worked with influencers I didn't get to pick the influencer or interview them to see if they were a good fit. We had a PR agency that would pretty much do that. But by the time they got to me, or before they got to me, I would get notified by corporate, hey, this specific travel influencer or whatever their niche was that fit our target audience is coming on this specific day. Can you please create an itinerary? And as the marketer on site, I knew the key services or locations in our resort that I know we needed to spotlight. So for example, the fact that we were a beachfront hotel, obviously we wanna spotlight that. Uh, so we had a park store where the guests could um, book or reserve bicycles. So I ensured that I would talk to the park store manager and let them know that at this time, at this specific day, we were going to have an influencer who would need, I don't know, four sets of bikes because it was a family of four. So to please give that to them. And then in the itinerary, I would list like at this time you have these bikes reserved for you to go on these specific trails or suggested trails because I know a lot of times influencers don't want to be told on what to shoot, which I'm gonna create a whole nother podcast episode on that because I feel like if you're paying an influencer, then you do have the right to tell an influencer what to spotlight, not necessarily tell them word for word what to say or because then it won't come off authentic to their follower um, or their audience, but you do have the right as a brand to, especially if you're paying an influencer on what to spotlight. If you're just giving them like a free stay or um, giving, giving them like free stuff, then okay, then probably not. But if you are paying them, then you do have the right to tell them what you want to see in their um, different content. But anyways, going back to this, this specific position, um, so again, I would schedule itineraries and things that they would do. So again, um, the whole bike riding. We also wanted to showcase our food and how we sourced from a local um, fish farms in the area. So we would, I would set up a meeting with our 
executive chef and have him be with the influencer so the influencer can ask questions. And that way, depending on the influencer too, because say there's a blog post and they were spotlighting um, foods in the area, then they can include that. Or if it was like an IG influencer, then so they can take photos of the food and to ensure that it looked accurate and it portrayed the image or the brand that we were selling, I always had to ensure that the executive chef was involved of creating the final food product so that it could be showcased in social media channels or blog posts. Or sometimes because we were in the area, um, a big selling point is that we were close to the Monterey Bay Aquarium. So I would call the Monterey Bay Aquarium, my contact, and request some Monterey Bay tickets to provide them so they can pretty much highlight in their stories or, again, depending on the format of the type of content that they were going to produce, um, spotlight why they would stay at our hotel and how close it is to the aquarium and their whole experience and stuff like that. And because I did work for a hotel, we used a third-party booking reputation management system. So it was very minimal customer service tasks within the social media platforms because, again, most of our guests with this specific industry um, or specific business model would leave their complaints either in that booking reputation management system or they would call us directly and talk to the front desk. So with social media, yes, we'd get those few people that would complain about their experience or a specific thing that happened. But for the most part, we didn't really get that many complaints because again, we had a different avenue to handle that type of information. And so like I mentioned, this was just the social media component of my overall job. And it involved a lot of other things that I know I'm leaving out, like uh, working with photographers, working with videographers to, and pretty much be like the creative director and tell them like what needs, what needed to be spotlighted in the videos that we were going to publish in our social media channels. Um, I remember writing blog posts for our website. So there's just a lot more things that I had to do besides just social media. And again, like depending on the business that you work for, this is just one example I wanted to share with you of some tasks that I had as a marketing slash social media manager. Okay, now for a second type of business, I worked for a the, the local CVB, which if you don't know what that is, it's um, pretty much a lot of tourist cities or big cities have a local visitors bureau where their main goal is to get people to come and visit the area, especially if you have like a destination area like where I live, Monterey County. And it's a whole thing where you're trying to get people from other cities, from other states, sometimes even other countries to come and spend money and stay at your hotels or eat at your uh, local restaurants or explore different like theme parks or attractions or if you have some things like we do which are wineries and well watching and stuff like that then obviously you want to spotlight that and the reason the CVB is in place is because it depends but I believe it's like a nonprofit, and all these hotels and different uh, restaurants and different types of companies 
provide either a fee for a membership to be part of the CVB or they're, depending on the city that they live in, it's they're required to provide taxes. And again, I'm not an expert in this, so I'm not sure how that works, but I know the CVB helps the community attract more people to come and stay there so they can spend money. And obviously it helps our community because then there's job opportunities for the locals like me. Because believe me, during the pandemic, the first thing to get to got the first thing that got eliminated was travel. Remember, because of the shutdown. So I was laid off from my uh, position with that hotel, and it was just really hard. Um, so the CBB does a lot to help employ locals and to spotlight the destinations, and again, just to get more people to come and spend money in the area. Anyways, that was just background of what a CBB is. I'm sure every big city has one. But within that company, I was not a social media manager, but we had a whole marketing team and I was more specialized on the group side because again, I worked at a hotel slash conference grounds. And because I worked at a hotel slash conference grounds, one of our main audiences or uh, people that we would market to were meeting planners to have them come and host their events, conferences, retreats at the hotel. I have a lot of experience um, attracting meeting planners to come and stay in the area. So when I started working at the CBB, I was more specialized in uh, group business and the best social media platform to attract meeting planners are through LinkedIn. And ironically, I'm not to my own horn, but I'm pretty good at LinkedIn. And I know I'm gonna have another podcast episode where I describe or explain to you a horror story that I went through when I first started my marketing career and the biggest mistake I did um, when I started my whole LinkedIn journey. But anyways, since then, I've done my best to research, learn as much as possible when it comes to LinkedIn. And it's honestly the, one of the best platforms for business to business marketing and just forming those connections and help grow sales. So this is something that I am an expert in and I've actually mentored a lot of salespeople within the hospitality industry and travel industry to help them attract leads and um, market to meeting planners. So when I was working at the CVB, sorry, try not to make this as long as possible, but when I was working at the CVB because I was the one with the expertise in um, group business and targeting meeting planners, I was in charge of the LinkedIn account. And again, it was a big marketing team. So everyone or every marketer had a different responsibility. Um, but at the end of the day, it wasn't like, oh, I decided what needed to be scheduled or what I wanted to do because it's such a big company and it's a nonprofit and a lot, of, there's a lot of eyes and stakeholders. We're very careful of what we publish. And so we have multiple eyes looking at every content that gets published. So for example, um, I would help create the content calendar for just LinkedIn, not the other social media platforms. I'd create the content calendar. Then I would meet with the whole marketing team and sales team once a month to discuss the different topics that I wanted to publish the following month. So we always schedule things one month out. 
And then everyone would give their input. They would say, yes, I like that idea or no, or let's focus on this. Once everyone gave their input, we agreed on certain things. And then I included it in the content calendar. Then I would go in and source all the content again through blog posts or graphics that I would receive from the design team or photos or photos that I would take at this point or at that point when I was working there, they didn't really do lives or much video, even though I pushed for it, they didn't really do it. And so that's another thing that you'll be facing, maybe not so much now because a lot of the platforms, social media platforms include video, but I struggled so much trying to convince people or not people, but businesses to use video and their social media strategy. They, I don't know if they were scared of it, they didn't really understand it, or they felt that they didn't have control over the branding. I don't know, but it was a struggle. Anyways, going back to the CBB. So we didn't really have, well, we had some videos, but it was mostly like YouTube videos. And that's a whole different strategy within that. Um, I think a lot of businesses don't realize that when you public, when you create a YouTube video, a lot of them use it as like another billboard or as a commercial to promote their products and services. And that's not at all how you should use YouTube. YouTube is the second largest search engine, but that's another story and I'll create another podcast episode on that alone. Anyways, going back to the whole um, position at the CBB. So again, I would schedule all the content and then after that, the marketing director would review the content and make edits or suggestions. And then another person, I think it was like the public relations manager would review it as well. And then it got approved. So even though it was a great experience, don't get me wrong, and I always wanted to work there just because, I don't know, I just felt like that was my next step in my career. Once I was there, I realized this is not the type of job for me. And for some people, maybe it is, but for me, it wasn't because I wasn't able to be creative. I couldn't really do anything with my ideas, even though I would provide ideas. Um, Everyone had to approve everything, and by the time things got approved, we were, were already late on a trend, or I don't know. Just personally, it wasn't my thing, but I learned a lot, and I made really great connections, and I got to experience a lot of cool things in the area, so I don't regret working there, but that's just another example of how even though you're in social media, your role could be very different depending on the business that you work for. Okay. Then the next role or another role that I worked for, which I had mentioned before, was honestly like my dream job, my dream job. And I'm going to create a podcast episode on why I had to leave my dream job because it just did not fit my personal life. But anyways, once I got hired on to that Bay Area theme park, I was pretty much um, like the social media director they had no social media strategy. Yes, they had social media channels, but there wasn't anything like a strategy in place. They were just repurposing promotions. There was a lot of graphics. It was very salesy. Their engagement was like under a 1%. It, it, was, it was just not great. But anyways, um, when I came along, I created a social media strategy from scratch. I built my social media team. I hired and mentored a social media coordinators. 
I worked with influencers. I implemented lives, which made me like a creative director because I worked closely with our agency where we would create scripts. Uh, we would have, because it was a theme park, um, throughout the year we would have um, like shows for the kids. So we would just repurpose a lot of the um, costumes or incorporate like a specific character into the live uh, just to humanize the brand, to have a consistent face on the social media channels. I also um, made sure to include more user-generated content. Um, we would interview guests, interview the kids, the parents, really showcase their experience. Um, I worked really closely with the food and beverage manager to uh, showcase all our new food items. And so before, like I said, my I would do more like lifestyle and conferences and events. So my expertise or experience was more in like lifestyle marketing because you want to sell the experience. You want people to come and, you know, live that luxurious lifestyle. So working at this theme park, it opened the door or not opened the door, but like got me into food photography, um, just a different aspect. It's still hospitality, but it's just a different area of hospitality. And you know what? I really enjoyed it because you don't have to deal with people. I mean, there's nothing wrong with dealing with people, but it's kind of hard dealing with people. But it's a, a different type of like skill set when you're trying to promote food because, um, you know, I think I heard someone say people eat with their eyes. Uh, so if you have to ensure that whatever content you produce related to food, that it's showing like the best light of that food item. The colors need to be vibrant. Um, the food needs to look on point. You have to like decorate the food and style the food, even though that's not how you're really going to sell it to the audience or to your guests. But on social media, like you need to entice people to go and try that food. So it was a really great learning experience. And there's a lot more things I did within my role as like social media director. Um, so I really enjoyed that position and I managed our budget and for once, which again, I'm going to create another podcast episode on just the budget itself because it's so annoying. <laughs> I don't know about you, especially if you've been in marketing, but if you haven't, that's another struggle that you're going to face is that every business I go to, business owners know or leadership knows that marketing is important, social media is important. But for some reason, they do not want to give you a big budget in to use for marketing. That's like the last thing on their mind. They want to use their money for other things, which I get it. It is important, but if you want to attract a new customer and grow your following or they convert into a customer, you have to invest in marketing. You have to invest in social media. If not, you're going to hit a lot of limitations and you're just not going to be able to provide the best quality work that you can possibly give. So that's just another thing for you to keep in mind when you're growing in your social media career. Okay, so unfortunately I had to leave that company because like I mentioned before, I just 
it wasn't working for my personal life. And I was really interested in the food industry. So now I work for the food industry. It's still in hospitality. And it, I do a lot because my title, my official title is marketing manager, even though technically I'm like a marketing director because I'm building that department from scratch as well. I feel like wherever I go, I'm building the department from scratch. But some social media marketing tasks that I do, um, I work with my uh, interns, which are mostly college students, or actually they are college students. So it's pretty much like their first job. So I, even though they might be studying marketing or maybe they're not studying marketing and they are probably very knowledgeable when it comes to social media, if you listen to past podcast episodes, I've explained this to you before that just because you know how to use social media for your personal profile or your personal life does not mean that you know how to use social media for a business. There's different strategies that you have to implement to be successful and be an actual marketer and use social media for a business. So I hire, mentor, and train upcoming uh, marketers on how to use social media for a business. Um, I collaborate with campus influencers. And then because we are a small entity, not company, because I'm like a division of a bigger Fortune 500 company, um, we do get a lot of customer service complaints on social media. So you're constantly have, constantly have to be on it. So again, depending on the business model, there's times where you are like the customer service rep because especially depending on your audience, since our audience is mostly Gen Zs, I don't like to stereotype, but most Gen Zs love expressing their opinion on social media. So we get a lot more good and bad reviews and complaints through social media. So you can imagine how busy we are answering um, and replying to all these messages that we receive in our DMs. So yes, definitely. And then another thing that I've done, I've done a lot of live Q and A's and a lot more front facing videos because when you humanize a brand, when you include people in your company, your audience just feels like they can relate to you. They trust you more than you just posting photos and or carousels or promotions. Like if you're able to portray or communicate the same message, but with video and with actual people, either with um, customers or employees within your company. Um, I don't know, just you come off more trustworthy, people trust you even more. So just keep that in mind. Okay, so I just went over what a social media manager does and some things that I did in my different uh, jobs as a marketer, but being a social media manager as well, just to give you some insight if you're new to social media marketing, the different tasks that you might have to do as a social media manager or a marketing manager. Okay, now I wanna talk about content creators. So what is a content creator? When I did a simple Google search, it said that content creation is producing and sharing information or media content for specific audiences, particularly particularly in digital context. So for example, a content creator might create copy for a website, might create copy for email marketing, social media posts, 
long form content like YouTube podcasts or blogs. Um, there's just so many things that a content creator can do. And I think that's why I've seen a lot of businesses actually creating roles within their marketing team called content creator, because at times the social media manager might not be good or may not want to, or maybe doesn't have the experience to create content. Because like I mentioned before, depending on the industry or business that you work for, you might not be the one creating the actual content. So it might just be easier to hire instead of, and this is a whole nother episode, because if not, it's going to be very long, but you can either hire an, a content creator, like freelancer, where they can create content for you, so, which is more like user-generated content, where they can create content that looks like if a regular person or a customer created it, and then you can share it on your social media channels to give it more of, again, like humanizing your brand, make it look like another customer said something about your brand. They're content creators like that, or you can hire someone internally, and then that's all they do is create content. So write blog posts, create emails, uh, copy for your website, create a YouTube video for your YouTube channel, or if you have a company podcast, stuff like that. So it just, it really depends. And it's, there's different roles out there. So just consider what's best for you. And obviously then there are influencers, which they also get paid to create content, but that's a whole different other a different strategy so i don't really consider them as content creators i mean i feel like they are part of a social media strategy but that's not really what i'm talking about right now i'm talking more about social media managers versus content creators who are hired in a business to create content so you might say what's better honestly it depends but what I can honestly say based on my experience and what I've seen in the industry, if you're able to combine both, being a social media manager and a content creator, you'll definitely stand out from the competition when you're applying for different social media or marketing jobs. So for example, if you have started or you're planning to start a blog or a YouTube, YouTube channel or a podcast, you could include that in your resume or your portfolio. And believe me, you're gonna stand out way more than someone that just managed social media accounts because then they're gonna see you as a valuable asset to their marketing team, or maybe you're the one marketer or one social media manager on their team. So you'll definitely be way more valuable than someone who doesn't have that experience. And then you can use that to your advantage to negotiate a higher salary. Second, I don't know about you, but I love creating content. I just think it's so much fun. I would rather create content than just, like I mentioned before, source content and manage it. And manage it. But hey, if that's what you like, then good for you. But for me, that's not what I like. And I perfectly explained that in that one position with the CVB where like I hated it because I couldn't be creative. So that's why I feel like if you're a content creator, that really benefits you. And you also get experience by being a content creator on how to grow other companies' YouTube channels or blogs or podcasts if they decide to create a podcast because you're doing it 
for yourself. So you're getting actual experience that you can later implement in businesses. So just consider that as well. Now you might say, well, I don't know. What do you think I should do? Like I mentioned before, I think if you were able to combine both, you would really stand out because these are just a few things that I've done that I personally feel has really made me stand out from the competition. And I think you would stand out as well. Um, lives. I would get someone from your team to become like the host of your weekly lives. And it could be, depending again on your service or the type of business that you work for, it could be someone on your sales team. Or for example, I worked at that theme park. We had one of our performers from our shows be like the host of the live. Or there's times where like I've been the host of the live because I'm pretty much the marketer slash salesperson. So I'm pretty much the face or brand ambassador of the business. So implementing lives and using actual people within the company to be like the face of your brand will help you stand out from the competition and just from other um, social media accounts. So consider that, again, humanizing the brand. And I don't know, everyone has their own opinions. People say, no, carousels are better or graphics are better. I don't know about you, but from what I've seen, short form video is strong. That's what's reaching more accounts. That's what's helping you grow and convert followers to customers. And it's just easier to share a message, share an experience, show the benefits of a product or service through video than a photo. With the photo, it's really difficult unless, yes, I guess if you're a really good writer, you can probably showcase that in the actual caption. But even then, I don't know who really wants to stop to read a long caption. I mean, I'm sure there's a few people that would, but me personally, I wouldn't. And then another thing, if you don't want to be the only one creating the content, I would invite other people from your team, from your company to help you produce content. I would pay local influencers or micro influencers to review your products or services. Or if they're already, if there's people out there already using our customers that are already using your services or products, hire them to create content for you and use them as user-generated content creators. So that's another example. And then you also become a creative director by doing all this. You gain so many new skill sets that maybe just as a plain social media manager, you would not have. So take advantage of this opportunity to grow your skill sets, to grow your resume, and maybe attract that dream job that you would like to get. Only you know what it is and what your end or dream job is. So take advantage of that opportunity while you can. So that's pretty much it for today. I just wanted to share with you the difference between a social media manager, a content creator, and how if you're able to do both, you can stand out from the competition and Hopefully you walk away with some useful tips. You get some ideas on how you can become a better social media manager. And if you have any questions, feel free to, again, follow me on Instagram or TikTok at the Latina Trouble Marketer. DM me. Um, I would love to talk to you and see what else I can do to help you um, gain those skill sets to 
become that social media manager that I know you are looking for. Because if you aren't, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast episode. So again, hopefully you took away some useful information and I will talk to you next week. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to another Influence with Cultura podcast episode. Want more? Head to influencewithcultura.com or go to my show notes to subscribe to my newsletter so you can be the first to know about any new programs and episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review and take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on IG at the Latina Travel Marketer so more kick-ass Latinas and women of color marketers can know about this podcast. If you are ready to up-level your marketing and social media career, I invite you to book a discovery call to see how I can best support you. Now remember, you are an asset to any organization and are ready to start that business. You got this. Talk to you next week.